Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Jeff Black Extreme with another episode of the Zone Podcast. We got a good episode going uh, happening right now because we are going to talk about Mortal Kombat, Demon Slayer, Mugen Train, and Phase Four of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, introducing the co-stars, we got Spider King. How you doing today, man? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us today is Talos Gundam. Uh, you might remember him from an early episode, but he is back with another one. How you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. What's good to everybody out there? This is Talos Gundam stepping back in. How y'all been? <laughs> been great. But now, without further ado... Let's go ahead and get into it. Now, with Mortal Kombat, you're thinking, yeah, it's going to get real bloody. It's going to be uh, action-packed and all that. But uh, honestly, it felt a little lukewarm to me. Like, if I can give it out of 10, I would say at least a 7. Because... Some things that um, bothered me about this movie was fast-paced. Some of the characters weren't there. I mean, they did say that there's going to be a sequel, but the fact that uh, people like Kitana wasn't there uh, right at the beginning kind of threw people off, I guess. And, um... Oh, yeah. Kokugatsu... As much as we wished that he was here, uh, wasn't able to uh, come, but at least he did leave us some notes that we should go over. Uh, personally, he said that he it gets a 7-2, <laughs> and I don't blame him. Uh, lots of references to the most recent games like Total Con, Night Wolf, murals from previous tournaments, easy, excuse me, uh, Murals from previous tournaments say this is a different timeline. Uh, there's Synox Amulet, the Fatale, the. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just fucking up. <laughs> the Fatalities, the Flawless Victory, you know, because Kane you know, kind of did that when he ripped the heart out of the um, Wizard Man. Uh, he was also confused where's Kitana? We got her fan, but not her. Was it because Liu Kang was uh, obviously sucking uh, Kung Lao's dick the whole movie? <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like that, to be honest with you, bro. It was kind of like that. Raiden was kind of half light, half dark. Raiden caring only for results. Yeah, like, I thought um, Raiden was going to be a little more alright, but I don't know. It's almost like he was kind of a dick. Just kind of, sort of. I don't know. Uh... Kind of like a corporate boss, which made him more realistic, yeah. I mean, they lost nine tournaments in a row, so his frustration is expected. Then again, Shang Tsung and those guys, they cheated. They even said, they said like, we didn't win nine tournaments by following the rules. I was like, oh, so cheaters do prosper, okay. <laughs> uh, powers from the Marks. Interesting concept, but not the best execution, especially on Jax. 
and what was Scorpion's power, and why not use and get Baihan in the beginning? Good questions to be asked. The CGI and the cinematography was pretty bad. Uh, Goro, Cole's armor, Sub Zero's eyes, the fight scenes. Yeah, it was. Mm, I don't agree with it. <laughs> uh, what's up with this reptile? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was like um, one of those do you know like Sub Zero, Scorpion, kind of like a reskin of that, but green. I don't know what was going on. I think uh, he was just some sort of quiet lackey for Shang-Chun uh, trying to get rid of the champions, but who knows. Uh, Kano, a good guy? No. Dude was probably like neutral the whole time. It was like, eh, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, because he wanted to get into this tournament. He wanted a mark, but he didn't get a mark, and he was also powerless. Um... He was like, he was really more like the neutral comic relief guy. It's like he was just there for comic relief because he was just pretty much cracking jokes and all that the whole time he was talking. Like, listen to Kano talk for like five minutes and he can't go a whole, whole five minutes without cracking some kind of joke. So, yeah, for the most part, I want to say he's just comic relief, but don't. He's not entirely a bad guy, not entirely a good guy either. You just know. Uh, nice to bring unknown characters, but why Reiko and Nitara? They are literally bad characters. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with movies. Like, they... Yeah, that's how funny... Like, oh, so we get these two characters, but not Kitana? What? And uh, he also said that he loved how they did Cabal and Kung Lao, but they made Liu Kang a bitch for real. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Is it wrong that I prefer the first movie than this movie? Because that's how I honestly felt when I watched it the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw the first movie like once, and I can already tell you that. Yeah. I think they really try to put something together with this new movie, but the execution of it was just a little less than we hoped. Uh, so Cole's power is just a mix of Man with the Iron Fist and Tanya with her golden bladed katampas. Yep. Yep. Uh, Sub-Zero was pretty much S-Death from Akimek Got Killed. I love that reference, especially S-Death. Like, ooh. That girl there. Uh, saying it was a power from the mark eliminates the game's reference for, for the name Sub-Zero and the Lin Kuei. Uh, it literally ruins the lore. Yeah. Kind of does. It's like... I, didn't it... Wasn't it supposed to be like an alternative timeline anyway? So I guess they wanted to do things differently, like get an excuse to make this movie different from the games and whatnot, but you forget, you got fans that wanted this movie to be like a carbon copy of the lore in cinematic form, and that's where Hmm. I felt like um, people didn't like it as much as they thought they would. (coughs) Um, What else (laughs) we got going on? 
Loved how they made everyone feel that Cole was Johnny Cage and put him at the end as an upcoming fighter. <laughs> Man, let me tell you, Cole, he was probably the most useless character. Like, up until you got the Tonfus, I was like, what's the point of you other than you're just for expedition? You're the dumb bitch that has to uh, be explained everything about Mortal Kombat and who these and who's that. Yeah, you're just a dude that gives the audience an excuse to figure out what the hell is going on. Other than that, you're totally useless. At least until you got the Tonfus. And uh, last thing got going on, a uh, great homage to old MK games. You literally have to have play MK1 and 2 to get the spamming reference. Uh, Watch Mojo said it wasn't MK related. It fucking was bro. <laughs> what does Watch Mojo know anyways? <laughs> Can I be blunt with you for a moment? Go ahead. I think this movie should have just been a freaking series because they sped through so much exposition and story that it's like you're, you're kind of missing the point of what Mortal Kombat is. Story-based. And you're just screwing around and skipping ahead they didn't even have a damn tournament they killed goro off so damn fast and i'm like this is not my mortal Kombat. this is not what i wanted kill off goro are you serious the shokan prince the half dragon dead immediately and it's like no again i'll take the first movie over this i'll have johnny cage i love to watch just johnny cage punching goro's nuts repeat on repeat give me that (laughs) not Disemboweling Goro. That comes later. Yeah. Sorry, I had to rant about how dumb that was when I saw it. No, it's all good. Um, some of the fights and whatnot, like the way Sub Zero handled Jax, I I kind of like that. Uh, as far as the fighting, but oof, yeah, it's just not as crap as I want to say. Like not terrible, but ooh, they made so many changes that I just don't like it. I, I just can't. I just can't, guys. <laughs> I won't do it. Uh, well, um, let me step in real quick. Uh, I hadn't seen the movie, but from everything that I have heard about the movie, not just, you know, from the, from the night, but everything that I've heard about the movie, yeah, this I'm going to tell y'all my little take. From what I got, it on average, it deserved a six out of 6.5 out of 10. A lot of people complained about the CGI. They were like, the fight scenes reminded them almost of, I guess, Iron Fist on Netflix? Yeah. So, you know, that's that's bad off the jump. They say Kano saved the movie. So, if Kano saved the movie, hmm, this don't sit well (laughs) for me in my book, you know. It when I actually watch it, it don't sit well for me. Oh, um, not only that, but a lot of people are saying that this is kind of coming off of the most recent Mortal Kombat game where, hey, you know, Luke Kang start the timeline over, so they're going through and starting over with everything, the movies and all. And mm. while I can see that, you know. You still got to remember, you still have your nostalgia fans out there who actually loved Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Me being one of uh-huh. them. Because for their time, they were good. 
They were actually good. And they did a whole lot more than what a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people gave them credit for. So yeah, I don't want to be biased and say, you know, when I watch this movie, I might, you know, expect a couple of things, but not going to lie, I'm probably going to expect a couple of things. Yeah, and I mean, already when you're telling me, okay, certain characters didn't make the cut. Mm, that's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that's, that's bad. It's like... So, Scorpion not to... Ha- I mean, I saw the intro. Don't get me wrong. I saw the intro. Once again, shout out to Facebook. We ain't sponsored, <laughs> but, you know, we can find everything. The intro was dope. I love yeah. the intro. I love that Scorpion versus Sub-Zero feel in the beginning. Telling about, you know, hey, this is that fight. Alright, cool. But... Not, yeah, I'm not, not going to mention that some same. well choreographed fights. What's up? Uh, oh, I was saying, like, not to mention some well choreographed uh, fights, but I didn't want to step into what you were saying. Yeah. Like, you know, all I'm saying is if the whole movie is not going to be like the intro that you gave me and all you get, I'm, I'm going to basically say it like this. What you're telling me is you fed me the juicy parts of Avatar The Last Airbender, but then you gave me Dragon Ball the movie. Don't 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 oh. don't do that. That that hurts my feelings. Oh. <laughs> like, like that's basically what y'all are telling me right now. That's what y'all are telling oh. me right now. They, they basically fed us. The sweet parts in the beginning, like, oh, okay, the rest left and be trash. Good luck to you. Don't do that. That that's <laughs> Bro, they gave the bait and switch. It was like, okay, let's give you this decent fight scene in the very beginning. That'll probably keep you enticed enough to watch the whole movie. That's it was almost like they were trying to set the bar with that scene, but then the rest of the execution, I was like, what is this? Like now I feel like oh I just got ready. <laughs> To watch like two hours of this, just to find out that the rest of it is kind of lukewarm at best. (laughs) So yeah, that's why I'm like, uh, it feels like they're really trying to make multiple Mortal Kombat movies. But bruh, please don't. Like I said in the last episode, don't make it like with Fast and Furious series. And Pirates of the Caribbean, bruh, like, don't be doing too much, man. Like, maybe one more, maybe two more. But eventually, the whole thing needs to die because you're just going to water it down and it's going to get even more convoluted to where, what the hell is this? (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. That's that's gonna that's gonna be some hurtful stuff if I watch this and from what y'all are telling me, Liu Kang is part of my language, people. Bitch made. <laughs> that, that ain't how this is supposed to go. <laughs> that's not how this works. Uh, uh like it's the same thing with the fight. It's like with Liu Kang, it was like, okay, he may have made a strong and first impression. 
but the rest of it, I was like, okay, he kind of took a back seat on that. I was like, what's going on? It's almost like y'all always giving these people like very strong openings, but then the rest of their performance just, man, <laughs> dies a little. Mm. Yeah, if I were to be honest, at least a seven, because at least they had like the fatalities and the flawless victories. Like they kind of kept my attention with the um, classic references. But after that, then just felt like a whole different movie. It's not really Mortal Kombat. It's like the characters, yeah, but it's not Mortal Kombat if there's not a fucking tournament. True. What are True. Eggs, fucking exactly. Thank you. Like, that's what it's, it's like, about. That's what Mortal Kombat is about. It's about a tournament. And if you're it's trying not to build us really... up to the tournament, but it's not the tournament. Get to that part. <laughs> Just <saying. sighs> All right. Uh, I think that's about it for Mortal Kombat. We said our piece on that one. Uh, what's next? Mugen Train. That's right. Uh, any of y'all seen Mugen Train? Yeah, I have. I okay, have. cool, 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 cool. All right. For those of you who... I should have said this disclaimer in the beginning it's like if you haven't seen it because i know most of y'all um probably going to be able to watch it in the theaters so if you don't want spoilers please avert your ears you know watch this episode at a later time but we're just going to go ahead and dive right into moving train uh the gist of this movie was keep in mind this is a direct sequel to the first season so it is canon but it's not like in the middle of the first season. It's like right after that twenty fourth or twenty sixth. I don't. I don't know the um, episode count, but I think it was twenty four. But after that, then yeah, then moving in train. Now, Tanjiro, Nezuko, Zenitsu, and Inosuke, they all go onto this train. They're trying to investigate what's going on. With this train, with your boy, uh, mm, your boy Rengoku. And then they try to find Rengoku. They find him in this one car. And, bro, this kind of annoyed me at first, but when he was like eating and he just said delicious every time he took a bite, I was like, bro, you don't have to say that every fucking time. Like, what's going on? Like, I, inst- I understand the enthusiasm, but you don't have to keep doing that. But uh, I like Rengoku. Like, he's like that older brother kind of vibe going on. Like, he reminds me of Kamina from Gurren Lagann or um, who else? Oh, that one guy uh, from Psyche K, the redhead athletic dude. Fuck, I forgot mm-hmm. his name. Yeah, it's like he just got that big brother vibe where it's like uh he kind of inspires you in his weird way but um anyways the whole point of the movie was okay demon is making people fall asleep and they're having these nightmares that they can't wake up from um i think they were gonna like eat them or kill them or something. I don't know. 
Uh, anyways, the demon emu, enmu, almost sound like emu. Ugh. He tries to attack Tanjiro, who knocks them out. Um, everybody's asleep except Nezuko because she was in the box. Uh, and she used her power to server the intruder's connection and awaken the passengers. Now, while Nezuko tries to get to the others, uh, Tanjiro goes after uh, Inmu, and there's the battle. He ultimately uh, beheads him, but Inmu doesn't die. Instead, he reveals that he fused his head with the train, so he became the train. Kind of like, oh, bruh. That instantly reminded me of Dragon Ball Super with uh, fucking Moro. It was like, oh, I'm at the end of my ropes. Gotta do something real quick. I'm desperate. And I was like, oh, fuse with the train. <laughs> <laughs> because with Moro, he just pretty much fused with the planet. It's like, I am the Earth. Would you? Are you ready to kill the entire Earth just to kill me? I was like, uh, okay, there's a way around this. But, uh, what they did here was uh, when Goku instructs Inosuke and Tanjiro to um, go after Enmu's neck while he, Nezuko, and Zenitsu stay behind and protect the other passengers. Uh, the two of them find Enmu's neck bone uh, in the engine room. Tanjiro serves it, killing Enmu and stopping the train. Now, you thought, oh, it's all over. We get off the train and going back to hunting other demons and whatnot. And I was like, no, because here come Akaza, one of the upper moon three, shows up and tries to attack the demon slayer. And there's this beautiful fight between Rengoku and Akaza. Uh, but as the um, fight dragged on, eventually. The sun was coming up. Keep in mind, um, all the events was happening at night. Sun was coming up, and Akasa had to dip. It was kind of like vampire rules. Um, he ended up dipping with the sword in his body, and I guess he pulled a fast one because somehow it's like he kind of caught um uh, Rengoku and kind of stabbed him and. As he was running away and whatnot, Tadra's like, you fucking coward, you running away. As far as I can tell, uh, Rengoku wants to fight. And Rengoku just hit uh, on his knees and whatnot, just, yeah, just being encouraging as usual. But he was dying and he died. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, bruh. I felt like Terry Crews in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I was like, Rengoku's not dead. I'm in denial. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's going to come back in season two, guys. Like, it's going to be this one big joke where somehow he gets resurrected. They're probably going to explain some type of way, but no, 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 no. Like, maybe this, maybe the movie's not even canon. Like, no, no, let me look at it. Direct sequel to the season. I'm like, no, it's canon. Oh. It's kind of like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead all over again. Well, Akame <laughs> got killed too. It's like, no one's safe in this movie. No one's safe in this entire series. It's like, 
the rest of the Hashira, uh, Tanjiro, Nezuko, any of them, I was, at this point, I'm just convinced that no one's really safe in this series. So I'm just thrown off that Rengoku, of all people, bit the dust like this early. Like, it pretty much like Kamina. It's like you were thinking, oh, Kamina's going to stick around for a while and kind of sort of inspire the troops, but nope. Um, it's like SpongeBob SquarePants is like, you use me for character development <laughs> because Tanjiro just couldn't deal with it. The fact that he died, like the rest of Hashira was like, oh, well, damn, okay. That's something to keep in mind. Mm. <laughs> but that was pretty much my take on Mugen Train. Uh, what about you guys? Well, uh, I go first. I go first. Uh, as far as it goes for me, I this I have to say I actually love the fight scenes. I did. I actually love the fight scenes. I was very very. Impressed that this, you know, movie was canon because unlike in other stuff like uh, One Piece and, you know, uh, other things, movies Mm. almost aren't canon. So that was a shocker. And, you know, it was a nice little surprise for me. (laughs) I was not going to front. I was a little disappointed. With mm-hmm. the quote unquote major boss fight, I was just just slightly, just slightly. I felt like okay, you know what? They could have drew it out just a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. Let, let, let's let's just get some big time action here. This is the movie. Come up with something so brand new, so deadly and destructive that you know people can be talking about it for months, just like they did with One Piece, like. Literally, that whole thing with One Piece, with the whole One Piece movie, <coughs> excuse me, um, like they were talking about that whole thing for months on end. So this one right here, I feel like they should have did a little more with that. Outside of that, though, I'm happy with it. I was, I, I, I can't complain. I really can't. Yeah. I can't complain about this. Yeah, it was a very good fight. Like, uh, give Demon Slayer's credit. Uh, when it comes to the choreography of the fights, beautiful. Can't deny that. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, my shit. I just kind of wish Tanjiro and the other boys would have done a little bit more in this movie. It just kind of felt like Rengoku had to carry them for a little bit. Uh, while they pretty much had to be, like, on a supportive um line but i guess Damn it was kind of for the best because this is demon slayer the way i see it isn't one of those shows where it's not going to be a clean finish like by the time you probably get to the end uh because i did kind of peek at the manga just a little bit uh i won't spoil anything for anybody but uh let's just say like i said with uh the whole game of thrones walking dead kind of reference just just assume no one's safe because there's going to be some favorites that's going to be gone. <laughs> like, uh, 
<laughs> I, I just don't like how they just brought out this upper moon dude, like some secret boss in a video game. You know how you thought, okay, once you kill this bad guy right here, that's the end of it. But here come this asshole out of nowhere and be like, okay, uh, that wasn't supposed to happen. So we're going to give you a little reality um, pill on what happens when you fuck with the upper demons, like an upper level demon. And I was like, oh, shit. Because how boring would that be if there were demons that all of them can just defeat? Like, if you just keep constantly defeating all these demons uh, employed under Muzan, then it'll kind of feel like his whole army is um, kind of weak or they kind of rely on plot armor a little too heavily. But that's the kind of thing with Demon Slayer. It's like there's no real plot armor. It's more like Tanjiro and them got fucking lucky up until now. So, yeah, that's what I want to say. Uh, I think... It's a matter of when it comes to plot armor, they're not really trying to go that route. It's like either you better know what you're doing or you could be next. But uh yeah, that's my take on Demon Slayer. Uh Steven, you had anything to add on it? Only that I haven't seen the movie just yet, but I'm kind of just like tuning out all the spoilers and shit. I'm just like listening like, oh, so that's a thing that happened in there. Yep. Better tune that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. But, uh... I, said, I don't want to be surprised when I see it, like when it ever comes to fucking Funimation on my Switch and shit, I'll be able to watch it then. Gotcha. I feel you. Yeah. All right. All right. Um... Did we have anything else on Demon Slayer? Besides being a badass anime. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I am rewatching the season one just for shits and giggles, and it's kind of funny. And it's also, you know, the fights and whatnot is still pretty cool. Uh, I can still understand if they gave Demon Slayer anime of 2020, I'll let them have that all day. But. Still kind of feeling some type of way about them giving Demon Slayer anime of the decade. I'm just like, hold on, bro. As good as this show is, are you ignoring 10 years of anime for a show that just came out last year? I don't, that doesn't sit right with me. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that. Yeah, it feels like they didn't think hard on it. It's almost like, oh, well, this new show came out. It's almost like if you were to throw a talent show or whatever, and then you're just about to crown the winner, and there was like, hold on. We got a last-minute um contestant coming in, and then this last-minute contestant walks in. I was like, what the fuck is he going to do? And then just surprise you, I was like, oh! Okay, uh, we were going to give the crown to this person, but instead, let's give it a Demon Slayer. I was like, are you for real? I felt they got robbed. I don't know. I don't know. 
Because at least Attack on Titan would have made more sense because you know people been talking about Attack on Titan for a long time. Like it became one of those mainstream anime, and that one came out in 2011. So the fact that they stretched out Demon Slayer, I mean not Demon Slayer, for Attack on Titan for like 10 years the way that they did, you would think at least Attack on Titan would have been like anime of the decade, but eh, I guess not. I mean, same people who probably want uh, Jujutsu Kaisen to be anime of 2021, even though we're not even halfway into the year yet, guys. Calm down. Stop making these snap decisions on shows that only have 24 episodes. Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got from Mugen Train. Uh, and I won't say finally because I know we got more stuff than that, but let's just go ahead and move on to the MCU portion of our show. Uh, I want to go ahead and get into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I did enjoy those episodes. Uh, have any of y'all seen that one? Yeah, I have. Okay. I've actually seen cool. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Cool, cool, cool. Now, it's funny how I kind of saw it coming because I don't think um, he was going to just straight up take on the mantle, but of course, the series kind of sort of begins with Sam's decision to give up the shield to the government instead of becoming Captain America like Steve Rogers would have wanted him to be. Uh, I think his I think it was mainly because he didn't believe that there could be only one true Captain America. You know, he's so used to Steve Rogers being Captain America. It's like same thing with Tony Stark being Iron Man. Uh, You just can't imagine, really imagine someone being else. Like, even if they're wearing the suit and calling themselves that, it's like there's only one person who filled the role perfectly for some reason. It's almost like Ryan Reynolds and becoming Deadpool is almost like it just makes sense for this one specific person to play his role. <laughs> but uh, mm, Sam, uh, he didn't want to take the shield, and Bucky, he was trying to make amends for the people he wronged and whatnot, trying to make sure he doesn't hurt them or anything. And he was kind of mad at Sam for giving up the shield. It was like, he always kept mentioning it too. It's like, you shouldn't have given up the shield, Sam. I was like, motherfucker, you take this every goddamn time I we see each other. Like, what do you want from me? I was like, do you really? His other part was, I think he was one of, he believed that a black man couldn't be Captain America anyways, because, you know, it's kind of like a woke thing going on where, yeah, um, not a whole lot of people going to be warm to the idea of a black dude being a Captain America. But then again, I was like, why not? Because um, mainly because of the way um, American history treated black people. And it kind of feels a little ironic how 
you're wearing the red, white, and blue, and we're under the assumption that you're such a patriot for your country, the same country that, you know, treated um, people of color so terribly. But I guess at the end of the day, it's not about representing America's history. It's representing America's future. Yeah. Um. And I guess at some point he had to realize that, and that's how he ended up. Uh, well, once he took it away from John Walker, um, got the shield, trained with it, uh, got the wings fixed up, became Captain America, and all that. Uh, Bucky, <laughs> I want to say Bucky kind of stole the show for the most part in this series because, uh, and it's kind of ironic too because you're you're always thinking, oh, with the Winter Soldier. Uh, he, no, no, no. He 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 always had a sense of humor. Uh, before he became Winter Soldier. Uh, gotta remember the first Captain America movie. But I guess once he uh started to get clean from the whole Winter Soldier lifestyle, uh, he became more comedic. And, bruh, <laughs> I kind of lost my shit. The same way he lost his when he was riding with uh, Sam, John Walker, and uh, Lamar Hoskins. Uh, and he was looking at Lamar like, uh, what's your name? I was like, Lamar, uh, Lamar Hoskins. Uh, and like they also call me Battlestar. And he was like, Battlestar? Stop the car. I was like, I was like, just hopped out the car and just walked away. I was like, if that was me, if I was Sam, I was like, Bucky. Just went my head out. It was like, Bucky. Bruh. And Bucky just be like, nope. I'm done. I'm out. I just can't. I can't, y'all. His name is Battlestar, y'all. I can't. I'm gone. I can't do this. <laughs> oh, shit. John? My God, dude. Like at first, I got this. I got the snickle fritz. I gotta admit that because you were thinking. Because in case you didn't, not the type to go into uh, comics. Yeah, eventually John Walker does become the U.S. agent, but you're thinking, okay, he became Captain America first. Okay, um, you're thinking, okay, he might. Be a good guy. I don't know. Uh, not entirely sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that all went right out the window when he was like, "Just stay out the hell out of my way." And I was like, "Okay, there's the guy that I just don't like." It's like I knew I, had, I, I knew I was gonna like this dude. Not at least completely. Like, kind of a, kind of an asshole, but. Mm, not exactly villainous either. It's more like he believe in gray areas more than Steve Rogers, I want to say. Like, he wasn't really against the idea of using a super soldier serum to juice himself up and try to be more uh, indomitable against his opponents, I guess. But um, I like how dude was bent out of sh- uh, shape when the Dora Mirage 
or however they pronounce their name, uh, came in, rolled up, and pretty much beat his ass outright and didn't even have um, any serum. So he was just all bent out of shape that he just got his ass handed to him to people without, that don't even have powers. So, yeah, it kind of felt like John Walker wanted to be Captain America really, really bad. But the shield, the legacy of the shield is complicated. Like, you just... Mm. That's why it makes so much sense in the... In case you notice in the first Captain America movie, while Dr. Erkson, or Erkson, I don't know how to pronounce his name, he recommended Steve Rogers because of the spirit that Steve Rogers have. Um, Steve come off as a genuine hero more than most of the heroes, at least in the Marvel world, because like everybody else, I want to say was became a hero by circumstance um iron man he is a hero but you wouldn't think he's you would think he was kind of like an anti-hero like you know he was just being a hero uh but for his own reasons uh same thing with hulk and the rest of them to where and eh, it's not like they were born and raised under the idea that oh i'm special and i'm gonna go help people i was like no nah, but more like, okay, well, I got these powers or these abilities, and I can make a difference in the world, but I'm going to be kind of selfish about it and then change my mind later. Um, I guess you can say they just had their own thing going on as far as why they are being heroes, but um, Captain America was one of the dudes where he enlisted into the army, you know, to fight for his country and all that. And when they noticed that this crony kid had more heart than most of the soldiers, they figured, okay, well, let's go ahead and give him the serum. So he'll get all beefed up, he can fight and all that. And best of all, he'll have a better sense of judgment than other people. Uh, And yeah, I kind of went off in a previous episode about leave Steve alone because a lot of people would say that well I, I feel like some people um, kept trying to find a way to demonize the man it's like I'm not saying he didn't do completely nothing wrong because you know with Civil War uh, no matter how you look at it uh, he was uh, deemed a criminal uh, for what he did, some of the shit he did, but um, <clears throat> then again, I feel like his heart was in the right place. Uh, that and that's the point where you start to realize that the shield and the government they may have their own perspective of. Um, justice and how it should be carried out. Um, that's why that's the whole thing with the U.S. agents. Like Captain America would probably follow his heart on what to do in a given situation, and U.S. agent would probably kill a dude just to follow orders. So he U.S. agent would have been a real soldier, 
but not the kind of soldier that's like, okay, he's not really thinking with his heart. He's just thinking with uh, emotion or whatnot. That's why he killed the dude, uh, one of Carly's, uh, well, not Carly, uh, well, yeah, that's her name, but I like to call it Flag Smasher because, you know, she is the leader of the Flag Smashers, and uh, basically they just uh, girlified her name, so that way it seemed like, okay, instead of having a dude as the main Flag Smasher, let's, let's, let's make it a girl, you know? Try to make it, like, have different like <laughs> it's real funny because uh the direction with marvel is they're really trying to be very inclusive with um different genders and sexualities and ethnicities so they were like nah let's not make morgenthal uh, a man and falcon and so let's make her a woman yeah because you know we need more female villains which apparently Sharon Carter is being the fucking power broker. And I was like, what? Like, okay. At first, I was very skeptical about a theory going on where Sharon was the power broker. But then again, the way she was uh, pulling out in that car, kind of like a businesswoman. Yeah, I just couldn't deny that she might have been the power broker. Uh, I don't know how that really got started, but I guess you can say ever since the whole Civil War thing, uh, things got dark and she had to do what she had to do in order to survive in Majapur. So uh, eventually she just became power broker somehow. Go figure. Um, Speaking of villains, Zemo, like, I feel like with Zemo, I didn't really pay too much attention to him in Civil War, but he did kind of impress me in Falcon and Soldier, especially with that dance. <laughs> Everybody loved to dance. And, uh... Oh, yeah. The uh, one woman, uh, Val. At first, I did not notice her or what she represented, but... Looking into it, I found out that she is, in fact, Madam Hydra, which means that it's just only a matter of time before uh, she already got U.S. agent, like the black suit and all that, like the comic accurate suit. So it's only a matter of time before U.S. agent uh, basically becomes, you know, a Hydra agent because Val's already talking about, well, when we don't need a Captain America per se, uh, we might need a U.S. agent. Yeah, that's basically their way of saying, okay, we know Captain America wouldn't kill on command, but we know U.S. agent will. <laughs> so uh, that's the whole thing with that. Um, a bunch of funny jokes in Falcon and Soldier. Uh, a bunch of touching moments especially with isaiah bradley where he was telling his story about how he was mistreated uh and was the first black captain america um but you know with what sam did what he had to do eventually he kind of convinced isaiah that there can be a black captain america and he definitely felt touched when there was this whole um 
I want to say not mural, but uh, like memorial. Yeah, a whole memorial section for him. It's that way, that people will never forget his legacy and whatnot. But uh, that's pretty much my take on Falcon and Soldier for now. Uh, Steven, you got your hand raised. What's up? Well, not much on Falcon and Soldier, but more or less, I'm gonna call it call it a night. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, man, you take it easy, okay? Yeah. All right, man. Long, folks. Yeah, yeah man. Uh. All right. Uh, real quick, real quick, I'm gonna throw my uh, I'm gonna throw my take in here uh, on this um. As far as it goes for me, um, to be honest with you, first, let me say Wakanda forever to those of y'all that haven't <laughs> watched yet. Uh, you know, uh, yes, that woman is a beast, that woman is bad. I, I simp for her, I worship the ground <laughs> she walks on because that woman there came in, did not play no games, she took that shield, she did not care, she took that shield. <laughs> She does what she wants to do when she wants to do it, how she wants to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> Secondly, um, as a whole, I'm happy they covered the whole, you know, the whole Isaiah Brown thing. I'm happy they covered the comics well. I'm happy they they you know they incorporated into the MCU. I really am. I really can't wait to see how U.S. Agent really, really turns out. Because to be honest with you, in this, what I am, and this is just me saying what I'm looking forward to. I feel like coming up, I feel like it's that shield is going to pass hands a little bit, what I mean. And when, I'm, when I say this, I'm, I don't mean it's going to go far. I mean, it's, it's going to go to Bucky. Is what I want to say. And Bucky ain't going to have it long. It's just going to be where it's going to probably be a moment where Bucky is going to be like, for right now, I'm Captain America. And Bucky's just going to show out. Like, I can just see it. Bucky going to show out. So I'm waiting on that moment. Like, that's just going to be a moment. I'm like, I bet he going to show out. It's going to be awesome. I want them to incorporate more heroes. (laughs) over here as well you know more hero more other hero appearances hey you know lead this up into the move lead us up into the next set of uh series for the movies and everything else um because this would be very very dope uh not to kind of jump ahead too but uh same goes for uh wandavision i hope they incorporate more heroes over there with her you know, like, hey, let's see, let's see some more here. Let, matter of fact, let's see some mutants. To be truthful, let let's bring let's bring this X Men on in. I'm I'm ready. Let's bring this X Men. Let's bring this Fantastic Four on in. Let's go ahead and start this up. You know, like this is the stuff I'm so hyped for. I am literally so hyped for. So, you know, this is that's just that's just really my take overall. Falcon Winter Soldier. I loved it. I don't have any complaints. None as far from this point forward, as far as the Marvel cinematic, I have no complaints right now. I don't. I have no complaints on any of them. Um, 
I'm happy they incorporated some more of the comics into these. I'm hoping that I guess when um I guess when the Black Widow uh thing comes out, I'm yeah. hoping you know that does follows suit and has some of the same aspect, same feel. Mm. So okay. definitely that's that's my that's my spiel on it. Yes, and Thank you for reminding me that we are going to talk about one division. Like I know I said I was going to do an extreme review on that, but uh, <clears throat> that had to be like pushed past to make sure that uh, in case there were other people that were interested and in coming on to the show and talking about it. But uh, hold on. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so does ooh. Cassie. <laughs> uh, one division. I like how some people thought, oh, God, it's going to be one of those sitcom-y shows. Like, they wasn't, gonna, they wasn't ready to take this show seriously because it was probably, like, outside the usual of the fighting and whatnot. Yeah. But I like how they did this show because there were the subtle hints and signs with the uh helicopter the watch the toaster uh it at times you're thinking okay they're just trying to uh live this happy life uh what the hell is going on really um they're being watched by sword in reality wanda was so full of grief about Losing vision and the end game, um, her brother too. Um, but that was like Age of Ultron. But yeah, it's like Wanda went been through a lot, and the only really thing she really wants is to settle down with the man bot she loves. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, I would say the man that she loved, but like, but is he really a man? But he. He's, he's an android like he looks like a man but he's not a man he's an android uh and how would that you know what i'm not gonna even i'm not gonna even go there <laughs> uh anyways she was basically going through the five stages of grief i want to say going into that show yeah. because she was definitely in denial uh definitely try to make bargains um she was angry just really depressed and then she eventually accepted um the terms of the the turn of events but yeah yeah it was like um the way she handled her grief was let's go to this very quiet town called westview uh you know a town where barely anybody will probably uh, find me and I'm going to go to this house that Vision told me to go to. Like this, this was going to be the house where we settle down and you know have a family together. But that didn't happen. So Wanda felt so much grief at that moment that she accidentally created a hex and pretty much just rewrote reality um 
made everyone in Westview practically her uh, mind-controlled slave. And it's almost like if it wasn't for Agatha, Agatha Harkness and uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. whoever, uh, Ralph Boner, <laughs> uh, if it wasn't for them, people were going to think that Wanda was the real villain in this show. But in reality, uh, Wanda wasn't the villain. Agatha wasn't even the villain, really. Um, the real antagonist of this show was Grief. Because uh, it's like basically she was battling with her own depression of what happened to Vision that she just pretty much had to uh, save herself. That's that was all that was. Um, save herself, and by doing so, she eventually found herself to become the Scarlet Witch, or at very least, um, Agatha was like, you know, chaos magic. That means you must be the Scarlet Witch. Um, I did kind of like that Vision fight though, because uh, it kind of made it look like okay. He was. They were fighting for real, but eventually they get to the library, and uh, Vision was like, "Hold on, bro, hold on. We're the same person. We're like, we're like the ship of uh, they whatever that was." <laughs> and White Vision was like, "I request elaboration," and eventually, uh. Vision kind of talked no juice to the white vision into uh, realizing that he is the vision. So, okay, uh, let me just take, like, pretty much make a backup of all my memories into the white vision. And then the white vision just flew off into the distance. We don't know what's going on at this point. Like, Probably gonna make it appear uh, somewhere. Like if yeah. there's like a a That's... new um, meetup group, like uh, you know how they eventually pull the Avengers together in one movie. Yeah. Like I think what's gonna happen is it's gonna be like uh, I want to say gonna feel kind of like uh, hold on, excuse me, mm. it's gonna feel kind of like. Teen Titans uh, or Young Justice where you have all these young heroes, uh, Spider-Man, Patriot, you know, um, Isaiah Bradley's grandson, uh, Eli. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a whole bunch of different young heroes that's supposed to be coming into the fold. And I guess if I can make a guess, that's probably where uh, Phase 4 is going. Like, um, is these the uh, remaining Avengers is pretty much going to pass the torch to the young Avengers. Um, but they're going to still be around, per se, but it's just more like all the different characters other than, you know, the usual guys, Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, pretty much anybody who didn't have their own movie yet um, at least got their own show. Yeah. Well, not all of them. Um, mm, I might be missing somebody, but I know either they got their own movie or they got their own show. 
because you know with uh Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Mark Ruffalo, you know, they're like big names in uh, the movie, so they're not going to stick around forever, man. Yeah, true. Uh, Same thing with the other guys. Just except um, it'll kind of feel like, okay, they're going to stick around a little bit longer, and then they'll make their leave, but eventually... It's just going to be nothing but young Avengers at some point. At least that's just my theory. Because of uh, if you just added Spider Man, who's what he he didn't even graduate high school yet when he joined the Avengers. So yeah, I just feel like that's the direction that they're going for. It's like uh, eventually going to be the young Avengers now going up against the likes of you know maybe Kang the Conqueror or. Uh, who else I said was going to be like a big thing? Uh, maybe Galactus? I don't know. <laughs> maybe the Beyonder. Uh, or the <laughs> Mephisto, because I've heard a theory, uh, saying Mephisto may, you know, make an appearance, which is why they're kind of trying to bring X Men and everything back into the fold. Because of with WandaVision, they're saying Mephisto kind of, even though he hasn't been name dropped, I guess, you know, kind of is playing a part in her thing. And her thing so hey yeah if mephisto shows up you know they gonna need people <laughs> right so right and um that really does remind me of like a couple of things first of all uh scarlet witch oof i did like her new outfit like i like how i was on facebook and some people were like Oh no, uh, he's, she's not showing tits anymore. And I was like, "Y'all mad that she's not showing tits? Like, at least the costume is more comic accurate now. Like, yeah, it's more comic accurate. Yeah, and it's like, um, and besides, uh, I thought we were past the kind of thing to where uh, female heroes don't need to have uh." Cleave is showing just to um, be attractive or get attention from their fans. I was like, no. um, Just, you know, be a very well-written character. That's what attracts people. Being a well-written character. Um, Another thing. I am so glad that Monica Rambeau is got her powers or need to learn her powers more to become Spectrum because uh she definitely needs to become a hero because uh she's supposed to be better than Captain Marvel anyways and I might be wrong but I think I heard that uh Brie Larson's not gonna do Captain America I mean not Captain America Captain Marvel anymore um uh, probably after the second one which mm, I kind of it kind of makes sense. I don't know because it kind of felt like with Captain Marvel, she came in late. She pretty much had like a big ego, not really a really big ego, but it's almost like you know Captain Marvel was strong enough to at least put up a fight against Thanos, but it just kind of felt like her role amongst the Avengers felt a little undeserved and. A little weird, like kind of awkward. 
Because it's like, imagine if it was like a prison and the new meat walking in, like she runs the place. And I was like, all right, let me go humble this bitch real quick. (laughs) I mean, I feel you. I understand. But see, technically, she would be one of the oldies. I mean, you know, yeah, she didn't start off with the Avengers, but if it wasn't for her, technically the Avengers initiative wouldn't be there in the beginning. So it was like, okay, I get it. You know, you couldn't really be here. Can't fault you for that. Can't fault you for that. But at the same time, it does feel like you are the odd person out being that you were off saving the galaxy, you know, putting up fights and everything. But the team was being put together. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Uh, I kind of forgot that uh, she was just off doing her own thing, but um, it was kind of felt like uh, it, Nick Fury literally phoned her in when the threat against Thanos was getting bad. Like, uh, yeah, with the whole blip thing, as soon as people started disappearing, he was like, okay, this is bad, and I don't know where the hell Captain Marvel is for all of this, but let me just go ahead and page it real quick before I just turn into dust. And by the way, I hate their term for this thing. Like, they shouldn't have called it the blip. Uh, I mean, I can understand if they didn't really think of it, or it probably sounded too silly, but personally... I'd rather call it the snapping. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like uh playing words for the happening, but the snapping. <laughs> because uh it kinda uh, I don't know, it just got a nice ring to it, just like the snapping. There was something else about one of it I was gonna talk about. I said Monica Rambeau didn't mention the costume. Um, white fishing. No, that was about it. Other than that, yeah, she tried to learn that book that she got to kind of learn more powers, but uh, apparently she could still hear the voices of her two children, uh, her two boys. Uh, Tommy and shit. I just don't remember names right now. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> bad. I just don't remember half their names. But um, basically, her two boys. It's like she can still hear them. So I guess that's Mephisto. Uh, in play, possibly. Yeah. And then again, um, uh, Wanda does have the power to rewrite reality apparently so it's like who knows what the fuck's going on with uh how she still can hear them even though they were literally constructs of her imagination i guess because like one day she was like one second she was um not pregnant and next thing you know she is pregnant like oh you know how just pan out, okay, she's normal. Then they just kind of look in each other's eyes, and then next you know, pregnant. It's like, it kind of reminds me of that one um thing in anime to where 
for some reason, some girls think if you uh, look at them a certain way or um, see their <laughs> panties or whatnot, it's almost like, no, stop. You're going to make me pregnant. I was like, how would that even work? <laughs> like, uh, Plot. <laughs> I know there was like one anime. Like, I forgot the name of the anime, but I swear there was this one girl in there where she had like bunny ears, I guess. And whenever someone touched them, I was like, stop it. You're going to make me pregnant. I was like, how does the fuck does that work? <laughs> I was like, I was on the assumption that pregnancy involves when a man and a woman quote unquote love each other very much. They they whip out their uglies and they they make them once, touch each once other. Once again, once again, <laughs> plot. Plot. With plot, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Uh yeah, I guess. <laughs> Oof. Was there something else from Monovision? Nope. Other than yep, it's just a very heartbroken, depressed woman who has the power to rewrite reality. Reality, and she just wanted her lover back, make children with that lover, and I guess between Sword and Agatha, they just couldn't let her have that. Just, just couldn't let me be with my husband and two boys that I created myself. <laughs> like, just couldn't let me be. But, um, yeah, she moved on from Westview and um, hopefully planned to... Yeah, she's in this shack or house that's, like, out in the country, and that's kind of how, how I want to be, is, like, you know, be content enough to where I'm just like, you know, I'm just gonna go ghost from this society because we live in a society to where you just can't be happy without somebody trying to piss on your lawn. <laughs> True. Uh, mm. Well, other than WandaVision, I guess the only thing to say is that we really do uh, look forward to what's going to happen in Loki, uh, Black yeah. Widow, uh, Shang-Chi, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I believe those are the four that's supposed to be coming out between now. Oh, well, not now, but more like June-ish. And, well, shit, um, actually, Black Widow's coming out next month. And then Loki's yeah. in June, and Chang Chi is in September, and Spider Man is somewhere in the holiday season. So yeah, there's still mm-hmm. some stuff going down in in the MCU. Okay, all right. Well, I guess that'll probably conclude the episode. Uh, any closing remarks from you, Talos? Um, <clears throat> outside of. The usual, uh, just a little remark. Hey, you know, real quick, y'all. This is Talos Gundam. Love yourself first, 
first and foremost, because if you don't love yourself, nobody else will. Um, <laughs> also, check me out uh, on my stream, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Talos Gundam. I will be uh, getting to a regular schedule now that I have my setup and I have everything that I need to. I can kind of throw some streams out, you know, zones way and show people how to play Pokemon <laughs> the way it's supposed to be played <laughs> <laughs> and not throwing fits. But yeah, you know, so, you know, be on the lookout for such things and everything else in between. And other than that, uh, y'all be easy. <laughs> right. I bet. Yeah. And oh, that does remind me that speaking of Pokemon, we definitely plan on doing tournaments and challenge matches and the Fight Club Zone and any other participating groups in the Facebook, like Pokemon Battle Zone, the Digimon Zone, um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Naruto Storm, Dragon Ball, you know, fighting games in general to where we yeah. want to kind of encourage people to make friends and fight them in these games and i hope one day that these tournaments and whatnot the zone in general becomes so successful that we have enough money to give out cash prizes for these tournaments to where um maybe first place winner can win a thousand dollars second place win 500 third and fourth win 250 each and you know, yeah. that would be the dream yeah i mean just imagine um uh, you can and this depending on how much money though uh we got i want to kind of do it to where you have a chance of winning like a thousand dollars every month so just imagine you're pretty much making a living off winning these tournaments <laughs> but you, not man. exactly it's more like a side hustle at best like at least definitely do get a job come on like whether you're self-employed or working some nine to five for someone else like uh definitely don't let this be <laughs> your main source of income if anything just practice your games and when a tournament comes up enter win a little money right there and yeah but uh i do thank you all for listening to us uh, we may have a part two to all this because we did have more voices that was supposed to do this thing, but you know, life happens and gotta respect changing plans. But there may be a part two. I'm not entirely sure, but we'll see. And don't forget that we also plan on doing Invincible and the Boys on Thursday, if not Sunday, because I may want to wait until the season finale of Invincible to do that episode. But I'm thinking, eh, it's all right. Just go ahead and do it on Thursday. Uh, so, yeah, Invincible and the Boys will be on Thursday and Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars on next Sunday. But until then, we're zoning out and stay nerdy, my friends. Peace, people. Yeah. <laughs>